Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello. Thank you for going to the last Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why it's can't like you Vive, say tires? Vive Clouseau. It's the same. Just thing. say tires. Uh, where, where do we pick up from? Hi uh, everyone. You're listening to the Center in the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. In 2014, a failed stand-up comic entered a contest called The Hunt for the Host. He did not win. Later, he was joined by an underperforming Oregon State fullback with a community college degree. These men, neither having earned the position and possessing no real skills, continue on as radio personalities. If you have nothing better to do on a Saturday morning, and if you can find them, maybe you can hear The Sinner and the Saint. Starring Luke Anderson. Get on, we got a lot of, uh, we got a lot of gentlemen's clubs. Oh. No, you like those? Oh, hey, everybody. Mickey Mouse, no. It is now. Devolved into that. And Will Darkens. Ear or eye? Where do you want it? On 1080 The Fan. All right, there's the cat. Hour two. Still interrupted the cat. The cat is an integral part to our show. That stupid cat. Right at hour two, if you missed anything from hour one, go to 1080thefan.com. You can download the Les Schwab Tires podcast. There's all kinds of things you can do on that uh, that page. You can also listen to uh, the podcast called Screen Time. That's Will Darkens talking pop culture. Pop! Trying to move uh, full-time into that because he hates sports. If you heard his Blazers rant uh, from hour one, or if you missed it, you can hear it right there on 1080thefan.com. I love sports. You hate the Blazers, though. Mm, disappointed. Yeah, but you're disappointed in advance. Like, you're already disappointed with the way they're performing in the 2019 NBA playoffs. Yeah, well, because yeah. it's going to be the same thing as the 2018 and the 2017 and the 2016 playoffs. No, 2016, they won a game. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's actually, it actually kind of is cool. They've lost 10 straight first-round playoff games. That's pretty bad. Yeah, that's really bad. It's really that's bad. incredibly bad. Yeah. And the fact that we still have the same coach and GM and we don't see a problematic problem with that. Do not park anywhere near Moda Center if they win a playoff game, let alone a series. People are going to be flipping cars and lighting them on fire. Oh, totally. I'm just telling you. They win a game in the first round series. It's going to be bedlam. And people are just going to be tearing down buildings. The Broadway Bridge might not survive that night. No. Just telling you. Telling you. Right now. Well, we did your favorite story uh, at the end of Good versus Evil, but I wanted to do my favorite story of the week because this one uh, got had a lot of legs to it. Uh, but Matt Kuchar uh, was the golfer that won down in Mexico. He won $1.3 million, but he had to travel down there without his caddy. Ah, So he picked up a caddy from the resort, 
and told the guy that uh, if he made it in the top 10, he'd pay him $4,000. If he finished top 25, he'd pay him $3,000. If he made the cut, he'd so on pay him so $2,000. And if he missed the cut, he'd pay him 1000 bucks. So for a guy that normally works out there, that's pretty nice. Well, Matt Kuchar wins the whole thing and gives the guy $5,000. So that's $1,000 more than he said if he finished top 10. Yeah. So the problem was that for a regular caddy on the tour, the typical price for a caddy is 10% of the player's winnings. Mm. And the world of sports went bananas. At this point, Matt Kuchar was bullied into paying the guy $50,000. They'd offered him an extra 15000 to kind of push the whole thing aside. And the guy said, no, I want at least $50,000. Well, there was enough pressure from the public that he actually paid the fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Here's my question for you: Does this all seem that it's all happy in the end, and that everybody got what they needed, and Matt Kuchar got the ribbing that he deserved? Uh, well, of course it didn't. <laughs> I, I mean, golf is one of those sports, along with baseball, where they, for some reason, have this phantom sense of integrity that they have to uphold and that they're not a-holes, but they're kind of all a-holes. What do you mean? Well, I think everybody was so surprised at that the, the this caddy only got five grand for playing with this golfer who conceivably was kind of an a-hole because he won a million dollars and he only gave the yeah, caddy a fraction sure. of it. I, I mean, you know, this happens in sports a lot, this kind of stuff. There's people that are underlings that don't really get enough money, and you expect a golfer who, for the entire length of his career, hasn't understood what a team sport is. He's working for himself, and he's concerned about numero uno. Yeah. So why are we so upset at the fact that a caddy didn't get paid more than what was agreed to? Well, this is what I can't figure out is exactly that. It's like they agreed. Why are you upset about it? Well, and, and the thing is, everybody made such a big deal about Kuchar because it's like normally you would tip your caddy. Well, yeah, but normally your caddy goes with you to every tournament and travels and is there when you finish tied for 78th and doesn't get paid hardly anything. And the reward for working all season together to finally get a win is that, hey, that's our big payday. We all work together to get to this. Your caddy ends up being kind of a coach with you and somebody that's out there and doing this. And the fact that Matt Kuchar went out and won despite having a caddy just from the local club, not saying he didn't help because obviously the guy knows the course. But, yeah, like the fact that everybody made such a big deal about it and poor Matt Kuchar and his sketchers just getting lambasted for paying the guy what he agreed to, I thought was pretty bad form by everybody. I don't think anybody looked at it from that perspective. Well, I, I think it's the same thing that golf has. It, golf has this problem that it's just way too up its own ass. Like it thinks it's really, really great. Well, but it wasn't it, just no. But, but this but wasn't does, this wasn't golfers. This wasn't golf putting pressure on golf. This was everybody in the it sports media. It was golf media. putting gra- pressure oh, on golf. I guarantee you, somebody from the PGA, a PR person, called Matt Kuchar and goes, "You need to fix this." Only this after, a, only if it got outside of golf's control. That's the whole thing. I think this was a oh, this is making golf look bad. You know what the other it thing? Did, yeah, because everybody picked up the story and just right, ran with it. That's right. what I'm saying. You remember the other thing that uh, everybody scoffed at that made golf look bad? The other recent thing. Can you remember? There was one big story you, that you happened have to be recently. More specific. It was at the Open. Remember? No, I don't. Bill know. Mickelson. You remember this? 
Oh, where everybody he, had an aneurysm about it. Where he ran and tapped the ball back? Yes. Okay. I don't remember an aneurysm, but yes, dude. People wanted him move. kicked off. They did that day. Yeah, the people tournament. felt like he was ruining the sport by doing something like that. <laughs> now, look, look he got me. a two-stroke penalty. Yeah, yeah, right. He got yeah. a two-stroke penalty. He laughed about it. He knew he was losing. Yeah. Whatever. Let's uh, go five years into the past uh, before that. Sure. Tiger Woods crashes his car into a fire hydrant after getting into a physical, well, not physical fight with his wife, but after she getting, took a nine iron to his window, yeah, to yeah. his head, into his window. Let's try to get Tiger back in gracefully. Let's get Tiger back yeah. into golf as gracefully as we can. Golf is so ridiculous in a way that it picks and chooses what they find to be really offensive. Yeah, but this again, this wasn't golf picking up on it. This was somebody agreeing to pay somebody for a week's worth of work. I guarantee you, dude, yeah. behind the scenes, the PGA was looking at this as a really bad story. What they interpreted to be a really bad story. And I guarantee somebody called Matt Kuchar and go, you need to end this now. Yeah. Like this needs to stop because we view this as bad. Look, everybody already knows that we're a bunch of rich white guys who are looking down looking down our noses at people. Isn't that like, just this the luck of the worse. draw, though, that you get $50,000 for happening to be the guy that was available? Like, yeah. I mean, I, I'd love to hear the story that he did something special that it was like, oh, this guy was so great, and the reason I won the tournament was the caddy, and now I've, I've hired him to be my full-time caddy. That was not the case. It was the guy who went out there and played the, he played the golf tournament, won it. His caddy, unfortunately, couldn't be there, so that guy doesn't get any of the money from the tournament. Nobody feels bad for the caddy that missed it either. It's just, yeah. yeah. I thought this story was was looked at very backwards. Yeah, and I, I, I just, I think that people put expectations of what they would have expected if they yeah. were living that certain type of reality. Yeah. They, they, you know, they project. Exactly. And, you know, something happens like this, you put yourself in that person's shoes, and, of course, you want to get the $50,000. But, you know, quit living in Candyland, dude. It's golf. Yeah, exactly. These dudes need to make money, and they're cheap because they understand that their time could be over at any time, there's only a handful of golfers that could throw out 50K to somebody and just not think of it. Tiger Woods could do it. Phil Mickelson could do it. Rory could do it. Spieth might be able to do it. Well, and that could be the only win he has all year. And the guy that yes. finished fifth in that tournament made $288,000, which is which is great. But again, you have to pay for the rest yes. of your year when you're not finishing in the top 10 and you're not playing well and you're not making cuts and all of that. But I just thought it was funny how collective. This is not a team sport. It's an individual sport. He won the money. He'll give you what he wants. Sorry. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. I wish Kuchar would have stood up and not paid, though. <laughs> I think, listen, I mean, I know we would have gotten a bunch of crap about it, but I think you could have come out there and just go, all right, so I'm not supposed to pay my caddy who's going to be at me the next tournament that I lose because I'm, you know, getting bugged by all you J-Wads that are giving me such a hard time about it. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Anyways, I like that story, but I didn't like the angle everybody took on it. I wish Matt Kuchar would have held his ground and only paid the guy the five yeah. grand. I mean, what would have been the worst result of it? You know I what know, I mean? Like, what if his Co reputation is his sullied. reputation? So his he's not going to get reputation is sullied. He's not going to get invited to new, uh, that, golf tournaments again. Exactly. Nope, nope, that won't happen. No, oh, yeah, okay. exactly. I think I think you're safe with that. I wish he would have stuck to his guns. Yeah, but, uh, he just to me, it's one of those things where I, I think people had outrage because there there's some weird thing about people wanting to keep the integrity of the game in professional sports. And I think this is one of the best mm -hmm. examples of it because there, you have to understand there is no more real hardcore integrity to professional sports anymore. There really isn't. If you go to each league, there's a really, really stark example of it at each time in their existence. Oh. Football. I mean, 
Take your pick. Ray Rice, Colin yeah, Kaepernick. There's a million, there's a million reasons. Every single there's player who has you get over domestic it. violence. Yeah. Yeah. Basketball, David Stern. All of the shady crap that he's done. Yeah. Baseball, the whole steroid thing. I, I mean, in golf, what, you, you expect these guys to act with integrity? Oh, man, they're trying to make money. Lakers postseason chances have been downgraded big time. Uh, we've got NBA All-Star Weekend, and we've got some polls on Twitter. All of that to come. Center and Saint, 1080, the fan. We got a lot of textures on the Betty Each Day text line acting holier than thou. Well, I was just looking at that. It's like everybody loves giving away other people's money. Matt Kuchar's worth $40 million. You can afford to throw out $50,000 of this caddy. I get it. The guy carried his bag for a weekend, though. I mean. And I don't mean to take this even further, but hey, uh, if you think that, then. You got a problem with socialism? <laughs> well, no, but I mean... Seriously. Hey, you want to start paying for free education for everybody? What's your problem? Again, the guy didn't have $5,000 before the weekend. After the weekend, he did. Yeah. And he got to be part of a guy winning a tournament. That's a pretty That's cool it. experience. It's not... It's What I'm saying is it's not the worst thing that happened. It's not like he won the tournament and then stole the guy's car. <laughs> like, what, oh, what did, happened? Yeah, yeah, I got to play with Matt Kuchar. <laughs> had a great weekend. And then he burned down my house. It's like everybody acts like it's the worst thing in the world that Matt Kuchar didn't pay the guy a bunch of money. But it's like, dude, whatever. It's his money. He can do whatever he wants. He won the golf tournament. And it, like I said, I'd love that there was a story out there where the guy was like a bunch of help. And it's like, oh, I never thought of using a nine iron from 190 yards or whatever before. And this guy was like, hey, all day you've been in the club that distance. You should probably hit that club here. Like, whatever, dude. Like, I've, I've played with a caddy before. It's very nice that they know the course and they'll give you the thing, but pro golfers go out and play practice rounds. He played four rounds. It's like, dude, he can give away whatever money he wants. It's his money. I'm not going to tell Matt Kuchar how to do it. I just loved how upset everybody got that he didn't tip the guy $130,000 when he met him for a weekend and didn't help him with any practice, didn't help him with anything that got him ready for that tournament and all of that stuff. And his caddy travels every weekend and spends half of his year away from his family to go out and be with the guy. And those are the guys that normally get 10%. That guy didn't leave home. He went to work like he would have. Actually, like he wouldn't have that weekend because the tournament was being played and the regular caddies were all off. Yeah, you know what really makes me mad? Tell me. It's when uh, Damian Lillard gets this huge Supermax contract. He's not tipping any of the staff. <laughs> he probably I does. Mean, they they he probably helped does him. The locker room staff. Yeah, they helped him get yeah. that contract, didn't they? Yeah. Why isn't he tipping people? We've been on this show saying how good Damian Lillard is, and he never comes by and throws us no. handfuls of cash. Look, if yeah. you really hold this strong of an opinion out there that Matt Kuchar should have paid this guy you know, way more than what the $5,000 yeah. was introduce yourself to socialism then <laughs> no, seriously, because that's what it is. It's that giving uh, a fair amount of money to the greater good so that everybody can benefit. Treat guess people, what? It's, it's right no, here. Dude, we live in a capitalistic society where you make a certain amount of money. And if you made an agreement and that's how much you were going to pay. And actually you go a grand above what you, you said you were going to pay. That's it. That's reality. And it sucks. And here's on the, here's on the better you today. Text line: treat people like people. Yes, here's five thousand dollars. Corporations to- are people, my friend. <laughs> anyway, but it, this actually just—you're exactly right. All this does is make me believe in my point stronger, which is like, dude, who cares? It's not your money. 
You don't get to spend other people's money. He made an agreement with the guy. If you got to go, if somebody called you up right now and you got to carry their bag for a golf tournament, no matter how interested you're in golf, and they gave you five grand for it, and all you had to do is walk around with the guy for a weekend and do your job that you normally do, that's pretty sweet. Eh, anyways, we'll move on from that. Uh, LeBron James has not missed the playoffs since his first two years uh, in the NBA when he's playing with awful, awful Cavaliers teams, but at least one sports book in Vegas have given you a chance uh, to prove that this Lakers team can continue that streak. They Oof. have lowered the odds and said that this is not a team that will make the playoffs. Yeah, I don't think they will. You re- are you ready to write off LeBron James and what he can do? Uh, well, hold I mean, this is whoa, as bad whoa, whoa, as it gets, right? Well, write him off. I mean, I'm not writing the guy off. I'm just writing this team off this yeah, yeah, year, but, you know? No, that's. I'm just saying, LeBron James has been in pretty ugly situations. Last year... They got rid of their entire team at the trade deadline. This year, he tried to and was unable to. (laughs) So you have LeBron James in a situation where he doesn't look like he has uh, enough around him to get it done. And we've seen that situation countless times. Uh, So you're ready right now to put your money where your mouth is and say that the Lakers will not make the playoffs. I think they won't make the playoffs. I think you have kind of an outsider's chance. Maybe, but I guess I'm taking a look at their schedule and there are some pockets in here that, um, you know, you could right now kind of just call W's. Uh, even after the all-star break, you get New Orleans. Well, you get Houston, but right, then you right get now, New Orleans, Memphis, yeah. uh, New Orleans again. You get Phoenix a week after that. You get the Clippers, which you could be competitive with. So, I mean, if you look at the schedule, at least just right now, objectively, if you want to do matchups, yeah, maybe they could make the playoffs. But I I think that this goes a lot deeper than talent with the Lakers. This goes to the point that you have a whole young core that doesn't feel like they're backed up by not only the franchise player, but by the organization. And they all know now that they're extremely expendable. I think all of them maybe had that thought in the back of their mind at the beginning of the season, but it didn't come to reality until out open in the media, you know, their names were being used as trade bargaining chips. So it's, I, I think, I think they're kind of just in this bog now where it's like, let's just wait till the end of the season and see what happens to everybody. Right now they're 28 and 29. Uh, they are two, three games back of the Clippers who have the eight seat. They're in the 10 spot right now. Yeah. So. And I kind of feel like the Clippers might be able to hold on to that. I don't know. I, I just don't see the Lakers making this big of a push. They would have to make a very, very big push towards the end of the season. How much money do you have on you right now? Thousands of dollars. What in cash? Yeah. How much would how much you got in cash? Got about eight bucks. Okay, that eight bucks. You putting on the Lakers missing or making the playoffs? Mm, missing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I think it's right, but it's it's pretty crazy. I mean, this has not gone the way that anybody thought it would. I mean, did you expect I mean, I didn't expect them to be in the NBA finals in year one, but this is really a mess. I mean, obviously the LeBron James injury has a big part to do with it, and it has a big part to do with where they're, they are in the standings right now as well and their record. Um, but did you expect it to be this bad? No, I didn't. And actually, I had at the very beginning of the season predicted they would win 50 games. Oh, really? Uh, I did, yeah, because I thought that maybe there was this off chance that if you got LeBron James around guys like Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma and Lonzo Ball, that something may happen. And I even was feeling super optimistic when LeBron and Lonzo had the uh, double-triple-double game. Um. I was kind of like, oh, wow, they just struck on something. They can continue to get that momentum going. And maybe it would have gone if 
you know, LeBron James didn't miss a handful of games because of a groin injury. But I, I think probably the best indication that this team is done for the season was after their last game before the All-Star break. It was reported that LeBron James basically uh, got like three bottles of wine and started shaking hands with the dudes and was like, all right, we'll see you after the break. I'm out. <laughs> Bye. See you, dudes. Yeah. Later. Uh, yeah. Like he's checked out. And I think that, you know, for LeBron, it, it's kind of weird because he's come out with these statements recently, these public statements where he's saying like, I have nothing left to prove. And yeah, you know, when people come out with the whole Michael Jordan comparison, he kind of goes, yeah, you know what? I believe that, you know, I'm the best of all time. And that's really all that matters. This sounds like a guy who seems like he understands his reality for the next four years, which are pretty much his peak. Yeah. And he's okay with it. Huh? I, he kind of sounds. Be, he sounds like he's happy in L.A. And he then he, sounds but like he, but he has a job right. he doesn't really like. Yeah. What? Well, so what? What are there's there's a this triumvirate, right? The uh, the the tri- trinity of of happiness. You you need to either love where you live, love your job, love how much money you make. You need two of those three things to be happy. You don't need all three. You only need two. The guy loves how much money he makes. He loves where he lives. Doesn't really like his job, and he's perfectly happy. You and I, we like got an entertainment production company. (laughs) I like my job. I like where I live. Eh, I could make a little bit more money, but I'm happy, right? That's all you need is you need two of those three. If you love where you live and you love your job, you don't need the money. If you love your job and you love how much money you make, you'll do it anywhere. This guy right now. I think he loves where he lives, and he loves the money he's making. That's what I'm saying. He's happy. He's happy. So there proves that theory. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he, he'll show up and he'll be like, all right, well, these guys will be gone by the summer anyways. So we'll just restart it then. Do you think he'll go after, uh, Dame? Yeah. Cause I, I would. know there was I that, would, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I know there was that rumor, uh, that, you know, and it wasn't really substantiated, but that the Blazers would trade Damien to the Lakers if the offer was sweet enough. I think the problem that LeBron James is in is that the Lakers have shown their cards now, and everybody yeah. sees they have a crap deck. Yep. Like, dude, the Pelicans saw Brandon Ingram play, and they were like, oh, yeah, I don't know if I want to trade for that. Here, here's the interesting <laughs> thing is the best thing LeBron can do if he wants to get rid of all these guys is drag them to the playoffs and make them look better, right? Dude, that's going to be a rough first round, though. Yeah. No, it'll be bad. Because, I mean, they'll sneak in and get the eighth and, spot. And they'll and, play the Warriors. Yeah. But that's what he needs to do, right? And that would be the only thing that would make the first round – Really interesting. Now, I would definitely watch that series. Yeah, you'd watch I mean, it. he yeah. would be he would yeah. be treating that thing like he did the finals last year. Well, there you go. Uh, Lakers uh, no longer a favorite to make the NBA playoffs to have 13 consecutive playoff runs for LeBron James, if I have it correct. Uh, next, we're going to get to the polls that we have on Twitter, NBA All-Star Weekend. What would you do if you were giving the magical ability to perform well? Do you want to play in the dunk contest, three-point contest? What do you want to do? During All-Star Weekend, 55305 is the better you today. Text line at CinnerSaint1080 on Twitter. But first, the news. 55305 is the better you today text line. People are still mad about the Matt Kuchar thing. Listen, this is not the same as tipping your waiter. That's the dumbest comparison. I waited tables bartender for a long time. This is the equivalent of the waiter coming up to you that's been serving on you for three hours, four bottles of wine, a whole dinner, appetizers, filled your water, kept it the whole time. He goes, hey, uh, I've got to take off because my shift's over, but uh, Barry here is going to bring you your dessert. 
uh, and br- drop off the check for you. Do you tip all the money to Barry, or do you pull the guy aside and go, hey, here's a little bit for you there, Greg. You've done a wonderful job. Uh, I'm going to make sure that you get the tip because you put in all the work. This is one golf tournament in a year, and he's supposed to tip the guy that showed up for four days the same as he would tip the guy that's there every weekend with him. It's moronic, you people. Come on. Drive me crazy. So shut up with your argument. Oh, do you tip your barber 25% every time? Then you don't have a right to speak. Oh, come on. I tip good so I, I can weigh in on the comment. I tip appropriately. Who are you, Pete Sampras? I don't know. What does that mean? So Pete Sampras is known to, like, not tip. Oh, yeah, no, I tip. I think I tip fine. I'll tip I'll tip 30% for good service. I'll tip uh, 10% for terrible service. The That's idea a pretty that, good tip. Well, yeah, the idea that you're supposed to pay people like, oh, everybody, I always tip this much. Really? Because guess what? If I get a terrible waiter, I don't want that guy working in the restaurant industry any longer than he has to. So I'm going to tip him less. And if somebody does a great job, hey, keep your job. You're doing a wonderful job. Here's some more money. Continue doing what you're doing. That was wonderful service. Isn't that how you're supposed to tip? I like the way they do it in New York where they tip in advance to ensure proper service. Hey, buddy, here's a couple of samoles. Take good care of me. Take care of my bags. Make sure that I need get whatever I need the entire time I'm at the hotel. There you go, bud. <laughs> what? It's a New York guy. <laughs> they tip in advance. They give you money. This is what Kuchar did. He said, I'll give you, I'll give you up to four grand. If we make it in the top ten, you'll get four grand. They won the tournament, you got five. But you tip in advance so people know that, hey, this guy's got my back. Here's some so, mo- you tip in advance? Yeah, that's the New Yorkers are uh, famous for doing that. They'll come in. I like, thought to do that. Well, like in ho- so I worked in hotels as well. Like people come into the hotel and you find the bell bellman. It's like, hey, I'm gonna need a I'm gonna need a lot of things while I'm here. I need you to get me some directions. I need you to do this. Take care of my bags. Here's a couple hundred bucks. Hey, if I uh, if I call, I want you to be the guy that helps me. Do you think I should yeah. start doing that now? Just even at restaurants. Yeah, since you have so much just money. Like when the, she comes or he comes to the table, I'm just like they're like, what? and how's your evening? Uh, just before you start. Here's twenty dollars. If you're if you're asking for something extra, I've done that before. Uh, when I proposed to my wife, I went in and I pre I pre ordered the entire meal. I prepaid for it and I gave them I think like a forty percent tip in advance. And I just went. I'm going to bring in my wife. I don't want any menus at the table. I've got a gift for her. I want you to bring that over. Da da da. Set up the whole thing. Tipped them in advance. Went in. Had a great time. Never had to pull out my wallet and do anything. But yeah, if you're doing something out of the ordinary, like you go into a restaurant. And you're in a big hurry, right? You're like, oh, I got to be in and out in 45 minutes. A waiter comes over. Yeah, I got a lot going on. Well, no, but like, like, let's say you're going, you're going, you're going, you're taking your girl to a play or you're going to a basketball game or oh, something. Oh, yeah. But you go to a nice dinner. So, but this is what you would do. Okay. Is instead of going, hey, I'm in a big hurry. I need you to hurry. Put down a $100 bill on the table and go, hey, if, uh, if there's any way we can make this go a little bit faster. That'd be great. I really appreciate it. Guess what? That, that guy's such a douche move. It's a New York move, but it's a one a douche. Move. That's a super douche move. What, what hey, uh, if you could chop chop? Here's ten dollars. Well, I got stuff to do. Your hey. life does not involve me. If somebody gave you an extra hundred bucks, would you make sure the service was fast? What am I doing? You're waiting tables. Okay, I'm waiting tables, yeah. and I get there, and he slips me a hundo. Yeah, uh, I'm probably gonna leave for the night. <laughs> You're just going to take off. Dude, yeah. I'm going to my manager and saying, oh, God, I, I feel awful. I got to go. Yeah. Well. Dude, and then I'm not putting that in the, you know, whatever that is, the, the tip bowl or whatever. I know some restaurants yeah. do that. Where All like, I'm you saying. Do, you, do, you, yeah. you do like a yeah. tip community thing. Yeah. No, dude, I'm pocketing the 100 and I'm saying I'm sick <laughs> and I'm leaving.
And then I come back the next day and I'm fine. Yeah, you're fired. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm definitely doing that. I just made 100 bucks in cash during a shift. You've never waited tables, have you? No. Yeah. Okay. Um, here's the thing. All I'm saying, Matt Kuchar shouldn't have to give that guy any part of his Skechers money. That's all I'm saying. That's his money. He earned it. Um, let's go to Twitter. At Saint 1080 I don't think these were ever retweeted because I actually tried to use Twitter because uh, you were busy helping with the golf show. But, Will, what are our uh, Twitter polls today? Okay, here we go. If you were magically given the ability to perform well, what event would you more like to participate in at the NBA All-Star Weekend? Hashtag Mustard Spice Latte. Hashtag Manafort. Hashtag Alligators Rule. What? 19% said the three-point contest, 20% said the actual game, 32% or I'm sorry, 29% said just party with chicks, bro, and 32% said dunk contest. Wouldn't that be the one? Like the dunk you, contest? Yeah, I guess so. If you could go out. Well, it's funny. I was trying to think of a way to look at it because we always kind of talk about what's the one that's going to grab viewers. Because like for me, the three-point contest with Seth and Steph Curry is the only thing that has me a little bit intrigued. I don't know if it's enough to actually watch it, but I will check the results. The slam dunk contest, I think when you're younger, the reason it's so appealing, you're like, man, if I could fly like that, if I could, you know, the whole be like Mike thing. Dude, if you could go out and slam dunk like that, how awesome would that be? Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I know Cam can slam dunk still. Cam Cleland? Yeah, dude. Cam yeah. on a 10-foot hoop. He I'm can, not surprised at he all. He can, like, uh, I don't know, maybe not a 360. He can do his, like, little <laughs> trick moves when he dunks. <laughs> Did I just ask you if you wanted to dunk in the NBA slam dunk contest? You're like, yes, Cam can still dunk. And, yeah. and, and you got excited about that. If I could, I, yeah, if I could dunk in the contest. <laughs> you know, I'd be more into dunk. the whole thing. But seriously, though, I'd be more in the whole thing of just party with chicks, bro. Because honestly, that's what most of these players really want to do, unless you're like under the age of 22. I mean, most of these guys just want to go there and take a week off and party. Yeah. Really? I mean, I, what else is the inspiration for you to play in the NBA All-Star game? Well, I just thought it was funny that nobody really wanted to actually play in the game. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to do it. Yeah. I mean, unless you're young, that's it, you know? I, for most of those guys, this is a well-deserved vacation. Yep. And maybe if you're on the cusp of being notable, this is a good self-promotion ploy. Yep. I mean, for Damian Lillard, it was, and mm -hmm. it has been, a really good self-promotion thing because you're here in the Northwest and there's a lot of fans on the East Coast who know your name, but they don't really know your brand. But even the party with chicks thing can be, you know, extended into just spending the time in today's NBA talking with other players. I mean, you don't think these guys try to do some free agent recruiting on their own and go out and, you know, just... What, with women? No, and just talk to oh, the other players. Sorry. I thought uh, you meant free agent recruiting, like... Well, that too. I'm going to... Well, that do was, something unfaithful to my wife, which we know none of those NBA players do. That's very true. Uh, what's the other poll that we got up? Where would you most like to see AB84, known as Antonio Brown, go when slash if he leaves the Pittsburgh Steelers? There is a hashtag of gingerbread man on there. No. Oh, Gringer. Sorry. 9% said Cowboys, 28% uh, of you have a tie between the Seahawks and uh, just go away, please. <laughs> but overwhelmingly, 35% of people say the 49ers, and I would have to agree. I would love to see Antonio Brown on the 49ers. Could you, uh, could you imagine him and Jimmy Garoppolo together? Yeah, that would be a pretty sweet setup. Well, the reason I threw those two teams out there is just because I think that's kind of the 
biggest majority of local fans uh, is 49ers or Seahawks. Um, but yeah, no, the 49ers would instantly become relevant in the AFC West. And the Seahawks outperformed, I think, what people expected last year, making the playoffs. The Rams are, I don't expect them to fall completely off the map for at least two years. Uh, so you would have uh, you'd have a power struggle at the top. I think just adding one piece if Jimmy Garoppolo stays healthy, because uh, that guy's a beast. Antonio yeah. Brown, as crazy as he is, is kind of a beast. But half of my heart does want him to go away. Uh, five five three zero five. Better you today. Text line. Let me compete in the three point contest as an out of shape thirty two year old. I'm pretty sure that a good showing in the three point contest could get me a WNBA contract. Did you ever see the movie Juana Man? No. I'm aware of it. Okay, so you understand the yep. premise, right? Yeah, a failed NBA player goes and dresses in drag to play in the WNBA. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like really, that was your motivation to do that? To do what? You know what I mean? Huh? Like, you thought that, like... He just he, loves the game, man. He just loved the game that much I don't know. that he decided to go play in the WNBA in drag? Tell you what, uh, if you do want to do a full breakdown of Juana Man, and how if was you it? want to do how a was full it there breakdown were not more and creepy scenes people, in that movie, if you want to convince people to watch Juana Man, let's do it next in our very popular segment, What to Watch. There was no nudity in that movie. What I to watch? I expected nudity. What to watch and more on Juana Man next. Center and Saint, 1080 the fan. Which is the most exciting matchup in the field of competition? Which game will leave you kicking yourself if you miss it? Which channel should you switch to when the sporting day is gone? Welcome to America's most exciting sports talk radio show segment. It's time for What to Watch. Presented by Encore Audio Video. Now hear this. Whether you're looking for a new TV or a custom home theater, start at Encore's showroom at 14th and Everett in the Pearl. Now our expert panel, avid television viewer Will Darkins, and increasingly out-of-touch father of twin girls, Luke Anderson, are here to tell you what to watch. Literally, it's what to watch on The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. Every time. It's so good. Harrowing. Uh, all right. It's uh, it's our new favorite segment. Uh, it is a way to get you all set up for your weekend of sports viewing. Obviously, a big sporting event going on. NBA All-Star Weekend. If All-Star Weekend came to Portland, how inclined would you be to go? Oh, I'd spend the whole weekend down there. Would you? Yeah, oh, of course. That's the best. I, I think more than any other professional sports team when it comes to All-Star Weekends, NBA has it right. Yeah. They just know what they're doing. Yeah, they make it events. They make it about the personalities. You know, the Pro Bowl is, I mean, at this point, it's just an excuse to take a vacation wherever they have it. So yeah. uh, 55305 is the Better You Today text line. Uh, would you rather go to MLB All-Star Weekend or uh, NBA All-Star Weekend? Because I think Major League Baseball would be pretty fun, too. Uh, home Run Derby. You've got a bunch of uh, events going on around uh, of the game as well. Uh, I think that would probably be a pretty good one. How much are you going to watch of All-Star Weekend? Uh, well, I'm going to watch a little bit of All-Star Weekend. I'll watch tonight just because I think this is the most entertaining part of um dunk skills three yeah point. that's the most entertaining thing mostly the games now the rising skill or i'm sorry rising stars challenge the game itself i mean 
At this point, they get really boring by about like five minutes into the first <laughs> quarter because everybody's like, oh, hey, uh, we don't have to play defense. I, I can shoot from wherever I want, whenever yeah. I want. And nobody's going to try to stop me. Pretty sure I can travel and get away with it. Over under 400 for the total. <laughs> I'll go under for that. I'm going to over. Really? <laughs> yeah. They scored in the 200s last year, I think. Yeah. That's <laughs> nuts. I mean, that's that's the whole crazy thing about this game is you have so many great scorers in the league. I'll tell you the one thing that I am going to watch, though, which is very interesting. Both... Um, Damian Lillard and LaMarcus Aldridge are on Team LeBron. And you have to think at some point they will be on the court together. What I'm watching is, hey, are they going to have that same type of chemistry that they had when, uh, what was it, the first one or two years they were together? Everybody has better chemistry when no one's playing defense. I want to see some type of moment to understand that they are good now. I know LaMarcus Aldridge came out recently and being like, oh, yeah, I, you know, I realized that I was kind of in the wrong yeah. in the relationship that I have. I want to see something cool on the court yeah. that shows that they're cool now. Yeah, like uh, they throw an alley-oop to one another yeah. or, or uh, uh, LaMarcus gives Dame a boost so he can dunk it. Yeah, it gives him a boost or like Dame gives him like an open palm butt slap and holds... <laughs> for like two seconds and i'm talking a true two second holding on the cheek and then letting go okay that doesn't seem awkward at all all right uh anything you're watching outside of nba basketball this weekend uh you know i am actually uh, gonna be uh, uh slugging myself down to the barrel room tonight oh yeah you ever been to the barrel room yes i have something happened there but i can't remember i was very drunk hmm. yeah sounds about right yep uh, I have avoided bars for the most part since I quit drinking, but uh, I have to go to a bar now because it's uh, our family friend's birthday and she wants everybody to go out. They have a sweet piano room down there where they have a yep. live band. It's pretty cool. Uh, I think they do dueling pianos down there, if I'm not wrong. If I remember, you are correct, If, if I remember correctly, which is always a, uh, a very good time. I'm actually going to try to watch some hockey this weekend what i watched like three parts of three hockey games one of them was the winter classic which was really fun but i figured since there's no uh real competitive games on there this afternoon and tomorrow i may throw on some hockey and just enjoy it i've got a couple kids with uh, runny noses at home so i don't think we're gonna go anywhere and do anything so Barf. it'll be fun and it's a three-day weekend so that's always a good time um and if you're by a tv right now go to channel uh 39 uh, Are you network. just randomly picking things? Well, no, I'm not because this is a quality movie. Alvin Chipwrecked. Oh. Alvin and the Chipmunks Chipwrecked. You're an idiot. Dude, think about that. <laughs> like, the whole point of making those movies is the alliteration in the title to try to get the kids in. Like, there's no other work they have to do after that. I mean, yeah, you have actors with lines and a script written, but, I mean, how long does that take you? <laughs> Shipwrecked. Oh, all right. Um, second half of the season is. <laughs> Are they on a ship? That's the question. Really, that's the thing I well, want to I think they probably start on it and then they get ended up on an island. Yeah, they're shipwrecked. I mean, that's what I'm saying. So I think that's kind of what you're looking at. Yeah, it doesn't seem like rocket surgery. Now, did they eat each other at some point because of starvation? I think that would be the the mountain one. You, that's uh, like alive or the Donner Pass. I think you get caught in snow when you start eating people. I think you go crazy if you're stuck on an island. Isn't that what happened in Castaway? Uh, yeah, but he was alone. Yeah, I guarantee I if he threw another guy in Castaway, he's eating him. Yeah, but tell me an island movie where there's cannibalism. Mm, Lord of the Flies, they got close. 
Yeah, but they didn't. Yeah, I and their kids. But the Donner Pass and the the uh, soccer team in the Andes Mountains. There's two snow cannibal moments for you uh, in you know not all that distant history. So why is it then that people are more likely to eat each other in snowy desolation rather than on an island? Is it because you're in a better mood on the island? Is it because you're in a better mood on the island? Yeah, you're on the beach. No, it's because food and resources, I think, are a little more scarce in the winter. You ever watch any of the uh, the life documentaries, the life science ones, Planet Earth or whatever, where they go up to the Arctic? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, there's some hibernation going on up there, and there's uh, there's people uh, foraging for food, and it's very, very difficult, usually food aplenty, uh, when you've got sunshine to feed the plants around you. And uh, if yeah, you're, you're getting plenty of vitamin D and there's a place to swim. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So then in the snow, you have none of that. And then there's you got a uh, well-preserved uh, big pile of meat there that used to be your buddy. Well, you can't eat him once he's dead. Wait, what? I know they did that in Alive, but, I mean, come on. You can't eat them once they're dead? Well, no. The blood stopped flowing. It's going to get... No, it's gonna... everything atrophied. You can't eat that. It goes right into the freezer. Yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's Can how it works. Can you eat a cold, dead guy? <laughs> yeah, I think that's the whole point of this conversation. Well, hold on. I'm Googling it. Can you eat a cold, dead guy? <laughs> what are you? Whoa. Uh, <laughs> don't look up images. It's a different kind of eating. Oh, are you trying to be funny? Uh, when Pedro Algoreta's plane crashed in the Andes in 1972, he had to take drastic measures to avoid death. Four years later, he's talking about in a Vice article about how he ate a bunch of people who died and were frozen. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. Do you think you could eat a person? Have you ever seen the movie Alive? Yeah. The only, the only time I ever watched a movie was right the night before my first flight. Oh. Yeah. So why? I'd never been on an airplane. Well, I'll tell you what. What's why. wrong with you? Listen, I was uh, I was traveling down to California to play in a uh, national tournament for uh, girls softball. I played right field on a girls softball team, and it was the first time I was ever going to be in an airplane. I was 18 years old. I stayed at my cousin's house, and I was out on the couch, and they had a satellite so you could watch anything you wanted, and I was looking for a movie that was starting right then and there, and I'd never seen it live. I'm like, I guess I'll watch that, and then it's about a plane crash, and we could eat it in the mountains. So then, uh, yeah, when I got on the plane, um, I was not a very good conversation companion. Would you eat a dude? In a life-saving scenario, if you're stuck in the mountains, yeah, I suppose I would. Really? Yeah, I don't think I have to think about that too much. You think Matt Kuchar would eat a dude? (laughs) What a jerk, Kuchar. If he had to, if you had, like, yeah, I mean. Oh, Kuchar was stranded and he ate his buddy. He would do it. He would do it. Jerk. He would do it before anybody was in danger. Look, we're all going to get hey, hungry listen, here in guys, an hour. Guys, I just got a call on my cell phone. They still have cell service. He's like, I just got a call on my cell phone. The rescue's not going to be here for like 40 minutes. What do you say we just kill Ralphie over here and eat him? I am starving. <laughs> but you know what? I'm only going to give you guys like the legs. I'm taking the meaty stuff. I'm getting a little peckish, guys. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's kill one of these uh, other people. And Yeah, Matt Kuchar's definitely eating a guy. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with this uh, scenario. No. No, I think that's accurate. Can't really find any plot holes in your story. I don't know how you even begin the conversation of like, because, okay, say like it's you, me, and Swag, right? We got on a plane crash, and we're up on a mountain, and it's only us three, and then Swag dies, and uh, we're really hungry. Like, how do we start the conversation of, hey, you know, he's dead. 
Oh, oh immediately. <laughs> immediately. Just check. As soon as the pulse stops, you go, oh, no, he's dead. Hungry? Yeah, me too. Yeah. I'm First, you starting. check his pockets for like candies or mints or anything like that. Then you go, all right. Check- well. <laughs> oh, you're checking his pockets, on. huh? Yeah, check his pockets. See if he's got like an Altoid or. Grab his wallet. <laughs> if we make it out of this, grab his wallet and then start cutting off yeah. some jerky. Well, let's take a dark turn. I'm just saying. Are you? Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate everybody listening to this fine sports radio broadcast. Well, what are you going to watch tipping. outside of sports? Uh, I'm still hooked on the uh, Life Series on uh, on uh, Netflix. Uh, I'm looking for something new. I was thinking about starting Breaking Bad. It's great. Yeah? Yeah. I think I'm going to start Breaking Bad this weekend. So Do if it. I have downtime, that's what I'm doing. Breaking Bad. Uh, everybody have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy All-Star Weekend. Uh, by next weekend, we should be back into the swing of the NBA season. It'll be a good one. Join us then. Enjoy your week. We're done. Bye-bye. See ya. Life is quite absurd, and death's the final word. You must always face the curtain with a bow. Forget about your scene. Give the audience a grin. Enjoy it. It's your last chance at the So always look on the bright side of death. Just before you draw your terminal breath. KD, you cheese butt. Where LeBron at? KD, LeBron, he gonna yam on you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.